So I want to get to know those students and I want to know their story. I want to know their families. And I want to think about that framework of equity. And I want to continue to provide experiences and examples of what that looks like and connection with them each and every day. Welcome back to our second part of our three-part season one finale of An Unconventional Teacher. Folks, if you don't know about us, we're a growing community of unapologetically unconventional educators seeking to throw out the old playbook of education and usher in a new, engaging, dynamic paradigm in education. Thank you so much for being here. Our incredible educator today is Nicole Butler Hooten, a second grade teacher at the Irving Elementary School in Eugene, Oregon. Nicole is in her 14th year as an educator and is fully and completely committed to her students and their community. As a member of the Confederated Tribes of Siletz Indians of Oregon, as well as the San Carlos Apache Nation, Nicole is particularly focused on anti-colonial education, as well as supporting other indigenous educators along their journeys in the classroom. Most of all, Nicole has become a friend throughout this process as she cares about who people are and works to connect with the human side of all of us. In the words of the governor of Oregon, Kate Brown, Every day, Nicole demonstrates how inclusive and cultural competent education has the power to shape our future for generations to come. She continues to say her seamless incorporation of equity into the classroom sets an example for all of us as we work to make Oregon a welcoming place that sets every student up for success from cradle to career. Folks, we're going to jump right into this episode. Thank you for being here. Now let's begin. Right. Welcome back to an exciting episode of An Unconventional Teacher. This is a part of our end series of season one. We are so excited that you joined us. We have the Teacher of the Year for 2021 of the state of Oregon, Nicole Butler-Hooten. Nicole, we're so excited to, to have you here. Before we hear from you and we, we give you the, the mic, uh, literally, um, I want to tell our listeners a little bit about you. You teach second grade. Um, at Irving Elementary at Bethel School District in in Eugene, Oregon. Um, you are a member of the Confederated Tribes of the Sletz Indians and San Carlos Apache Tribe. And um, this honor of being the Teacher of the Year is especially important for you um, as an Indigenous woman. You are super humble. I'm watching a lot of the things that you're talking about, and I am just blown away by your humility. So we are so excited that you're here, Nicole. Um, we start out all of our interviews with our guests with what inspires you to teach. And if there's anything in your introduction that I didn't cover that you want to highlight, uh, we'd love to hear it. Thanks for being here, Nicole. Thank you. Jayla, Shaushi, Nicole Butler, Hooten. I'm a member of the Confederated Tribes of Celeste Indians, as you mentioned, and San Carlos Apache, and I wear that title proud. So thank you, John, for having me. I appreciate that. What inspires me to teach is such a big question for me, and I think it goes back to our students and where we are meeting our students each and every day when they come to our classroom, virtual or in person, and thinking about the framework for anti-racist or anti-bias education. That's something that's a passion of mine. And so every student that comes in has a story. So I want to get to know those students and I want to know their story. I want to know their families. And I want to think about that framework of equity. And I want to continue to provide experiences and 
examples of what that looks like and connection with them each and every day. And so that comes with celebrating the joys of their learning that happens organically. That comes with setting up opportunities to guide our curriculum, right? Knowing our students is more than just teaching what's in the book. In order to teach, we have to know our students. And that's something that just constantly sticks with me is our students are a framework for teaching. And if we come into it with the right intentions and we know that our ultimate goal is to create these positive social identities for our students and their family, then I think that's the inspiration that I would like people to know. And I teach second grade. So my inspiration might be a little bit different from teachers who teach middle and high, but I know that it's um, really thinking about their identity, creating space for students when they come into our classrooms and they need more support. They need extension work. They need someone to listen to them. I think that inspiration comes with getting to know who's in front of you and creating those opportunities so that when they leave your room the next spring, they're going to remember where you met them They're going to remember the positive difference you made. They're going to remember those questions that you asked. Hmm. And they're going to remember the connections that you made with their family members. Right. Yeah. I'm just thinking about the space that you create for each of your students. Right. That's a visual for us as educators. Are you creating a space for each and every one of your students virtually or or in person? Um, thank you for that. Well, I feel inspired just listening by your to your inspiration. That's really, really wonderful. Um, well, this show is called An Unconventional Teacher, and you're here for many reasons. But one of them is because you've taken some unconventional routes in this virtual learning to earn the title of 2021 Oregon Teacher of the Year. Um, so what are some things you do with your second graders, with your class, with your uh, in your school that, that you might deem or they might deem unconventional? So, yeah, when you said unconventional, I'm thinking, is that a pot? I thank you. I think <laughs> unconventional is something that's pretty cool. So being an unconventional teacher to me means teaching with your heart and finding where your joy is and where your passion is, even on those days when you need to just level up and meet your students where they are and Um, bring the joy to learning, right? Because we want all students to learn. We want this relationship to continue. We want the learning to be happening outside in all platforms. So thinking about my values as a person of color, as an indigenous woman, um, I think my ability to connect with students is something that happens every day in my classroom, in my virtual classroom right now, because Mm -hmm. I'm in distance learning. So I have two cohorts. I have an AM and a PM, and I teach for about two hours. And I think the trust that is established this year and previous years with families, I think being there to answer hard questions, to support students, um, to make them feel like they can make mistakes. I think that's something that we celebrate in here is when I make a mistake, when other students ask questions, that's engaging. So I was thinking about being progressive, being open-minded, being vulnerable. And I do all those things on a daily basis. I'm not perfect. I'm still learning. I'm honest with my students. And I think unconventional things that I've experienced or that have um, happened this year are my principal had asked um, all of the, the staff, K-5, to do some virtual home visits. Hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, how I, I can't just meet my kids on a screen for the very right. first time ever. And so I asked with his permission and district policy if we could do socially distant 
visits with my student teacher and I. And so we went to all 22 students. One of them was out of town. So okay. I am meeting with her at a different time, but I, I did 22 home visits oh. and it really set the framework for the year because I knew right away I could, they could see me in person. It put that just really constant, consistent, valuable person in front of them that they knew that they could trust. Mm -hmm. I know it meant a lot to families to take the time to do that. I think it took about four hours (laughs) to drive around. And we had um, a bag, a little goodie bag, and it had their desk nameplate. So um, I'm pointing to mine on my whiteboard, you know, like they would have, they were in person. I wanted them to have their names name tag for their desk at home for their learning space and then we put um some little things in there that they could use like little squishies stress relievers we put oh, I love that. Stickers. we put um a little snack what else did we do um we wrote each of them a hand um, written note and so you know i think it was just it was a nice introduction to second grade it was what i would do if kids were coming into the building right so right. that was a really maybe unconventional thing to do that um, didn't dawn on me until now we're having this conversation. Absolutely. um, I think that, you know, again, we're doing two, two hour Zooms and my work is not done when that two hour Zoom ends. And so I often, as many educators, will have kids who want to stay on, who want to visit, who need that, um, maybe that social support or Mm -hmm. social emotional learning. But that's another thing I have... um, Often, I will go at least 30 minutes longer. I have yeah. kids there who will want to play games. They'll oh. ask questions. Today, we stayed on with three students, and we were playing charades. So fun. And um, another thing, I was thinking of another student who, she's going to be a teacher when she grows up. I know she is. <laughs> you know, you sense. know those students. <laughs> and um, she knows how to set up her own Zoom meeting. And she always wants to be the host and the co-host, you know. And I, I love that leadership. So, um, let's build on that. So she'll send me usually about once a week, she'll send me a zoom link. You know, she's setting this up all on her own and then she'll send me an email, which is pretty cool for a second grader to be able to send an email. Yes. And then with that email, she will, um, give me some options. So she'll say we can zoom at five or six or six Oh five. And so then I pick one of those and then in the evening we'll do a five or 10 minute check-in. <laughs> So again, just making myself. That is awesome. Yeah. And the other night she joined in and I was with my family at home and we were playing life one time. And so she got to kind of join in as we were playing life. And she just likes to kind of see what we're doing. And and the other night we showed her, we have two bunnies at home. And so my nine-year-old daughter showed her the bunnies and, um, and this student has wonderful support at home, but she just is really um, loving the connection to school and she's wanting more. And so I'm like, why not? Let's make this happen you know it's no problem for me yeah and then just another idea that i was sort of thinking about being unconventional is that idea of our work day you know with many professions it doesn't end when the work day actually ends at your time um but just being available to students and families during this time especially because we're needing to troubleshoot technology yeah. i had to go over to a student's house um, and really show them how to get on the seesaw because I was making videos, I was calling, I was doing Zooms that they needed in person. So again, sure. mask up, go over and get them the help that they need. Hmm. And I think that's really um, what makes me unconventional is really taking the time to get to know my students and families and doing it in a way that's authentic and shows them 
that I would do anything to support them at any time, any hour. So I think just being vulnerable and honest and open-minded with this profession can really go the extra mile for parents and students. Fantastic. And and this is a podcast, so people can't see you right now, but I don't think you've stopped smiling. Um, and, and I think I think that's that's awesome because I was talking to you before this uh, podcast and I was having a bit of a tough day. But your sense of joy and authenticity comes through in your voice, but it also comes through in your actions. And what a what a gift that those twenty something I imagine second graders every day get a chance to be there, and they do they want more. They want more time with you, um, and uh, that's just so so wonderful. So. We- end our podcast with a story and you've kind of given us a couple stories but is there another story that stands out Nicole when you took a ch- when you took a chance right over your past 14 years of being an educator and maybe it was a big a big chance a big risk and uh, it paid off so tell us a story Nicole yeah I was thinking about multiple smaller opportunities where I would consider them small where we, I have taken risks I have went above and beyond and done things that I thought oh should I have said that should I have done that And most of them center around equity and our work with equity and um, incorporation of um, valuable material. And I was just thinking kind of to go back to number two, maybe before I answer this one. Um, Another thing that I think is really important in our work that we're doing is to know that we're not the expert at all things. And it's okay to showcase that to students. It's okay to ask for help. I love having guest speakers come in we were learning about the nine federally recognized tribes in Oregon. And although I'm an indigenous woman, I don't know everything about my tribe. Sure. We're learning about folk tales. And so I invited a tribal member from the Confederated Tribes of Coos, and she came in and shared a folk tale. And so I think extending the opportunities above and beyond just our own personal capacity can also show what it means to work outside the box. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Sounds moving like- on. Again, going back to equity. This was my second year of teaching and I had a Native American student in my class. And if I had to kind of generalize, I would say in my population of students, I usually have about three to four out of maybe 25, um, maybe a six that identify as Native. And so this is my second year and I'm still kind of, you know, learning um, that not all opinions are equal, right? I shared that quote with you earlier, John, um, something that I had heard um, a colleague say that not all opinions are equal, some opinions are oppressive. And so thinking about that in my second year of teaching and thinking about how I want to explore curriculum and move beyond the text, I have this family and I'm trying to think of my first year. I think I may have had one or two my first year, Um, but my second year, you know, I'm feeling a little bit more confident and I have family. And um, this student, um, he identified male, and he's just a great kiddo, but really quiet and really shy. Actually, and I saw him yesterday, actually out in the community, and we talked. So I actually see this student and this family, you know, when I'm out doing things. I don't want to say where he works, but I saw him. So, so cool that I actually just saw him yesterday. I promise. (laughs) That's great. um, He's part of the Karuk tribe, which is a Northern California tribe. And again, I'm not an expert. Um, but I know my own cultural identity, and I knew that he was excited about that identity. I want to get to know all my students' cultural backgrounds, and that's usually how I start the year, is building the community and finding out more about language, traditions, foods, 
Um, this year we did something new, which was keepsakes. Mm. And so each year I try to add on to my culture unit, if you will, quote unquote. And um, so I find out that he's Karuk and we're getting to um, learn a little bit about the nine federally recognized tribes in Oregon. And this isn't one of those tribes, but we talk about it, right? Because I want to bring in his identity. And then I meet his mom and dad and I find out that they are um, powwow dancers. Oh, they wow. love to dance. They they bead regalia. They make their own regalia. They, um, the little sister who at that time would have been like three or four. And then I had the son and then they have an older brother. So I meet the family and they're very positive and very proud. And that to me was like, I need to act on this. And so we were getting ready to have a multicultural assembly. And the agenda probably was set by the PBIS, but I, I said, you know, what about having this family come in and share a little bit about their culture? So long story short, this family agrees. They love to powwow dance. They love to share about their culture. This shy student is now taking so much pride in his cultural identity. And so they want to come in. They agree. Grandpa Frank comes in. The parents come in, the aunts and uncles. And we have- oh, Wow, the whole family. The whole family, the older brother, who's like a high schooler, my student, the little four-year-old granddaughter or sister, um, Grandpa Frank comes in, they bring their drums, they powwow dance, they drum, they sing. And I, I can still look back and remember looking, and it gives me chills actually, like looking at all the teachers watching this, creating their, you know, we're creating space for this family. We're creating space for students to ask questions and to be engaged in a culture that's maybe different from their own. The, just the joy, the pure excitement that went on. And they invited all the teachers up to round dance. And, you know, wow. a lot of teachers, you know, mostly I work in a mostly white um, staff. And sure. just the colleague support and the camaraderie that that brought together and the excitement. And so it really happened organically with this family. Um, it was really moving and it touched the entire Irving community. Mm. And so then the next year, you know, he's a third grader and then his sister's coming into kinder. They came back and they did that for two or three years. And then, you know, the high schooler didn't want to do it. And then the fifth grader <laughs> was kind of getting a little bit, you know, so sure. we did that for about two or three years. And um, that was something for, that pushed me kind of out of my comfort zone to come up with this idea to showcase this family in a positive way. But we want to make sure that we're not leaning to them as the experts, but we want to just really think about how extraordinary things can just happen right before us. And then <clears throat> the next, I think it's been like the last seven or eight years, the grandpa Frank will come in and he'll do a talk for second, second and third grade. And he'll bring his drum and he'll let kids drum. And he'll tell about his culture. He has baskets in the Smithsonian. So, um, so I think that that's an act, you know, that's a story that reminds me um, that in teaching, it's important to take risks. It's important to get to know our students. And it's important to, like we said, create space and make those opportunities that are welcoming and that will leave that impact. You know, it's kind of like we're really talking about enduring understandings. What do you want your students to remember at the end of this lesson, at the end of this unit? And I know that that was impactful because I still have kids come back and remember Grandpa Frank. They remember the drumming, yes. they remember the bulls. And so those kinds of um, 
traditions, if you will, that happen like that, I think are super exciting and engaging for students. Do you have any final parting words for our our listeners before we we close the interview? Well, I was just going to say that, yeah, I just want to recognize the work of my colleagues, the work of the educators across the the state, um, across the United States, because we all are doing extraordinary things right now. Things that are in some ways seem insurmountable, seem outside our wheelhouse, Mm -hmm. and it takes a village. And my hope is that we continue to network, we continue to share ideas, we continue to build up this profession and support our students. And I think for me being a BIPOC teacher, our investment is crucial. And um, especially with the political climate right now. So keep Mm -hmm. doing the hard things. Please keep teaching from your heart. Make those connections that transcend the classroom. And you're awesome. Nicole, thank you so much for being here. We have absolutely enjoyed every bit of this interview and can't wait to share it with everyone. We hope our listeners enjoyed as much as we did making it. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of An Unconventional Teacher. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed producing it. This is a project to pay it forward to the teachers and educators out there seeking something different. If you are or have someone in your world that is an unconventional teacher, please send their name to anunconventionalteacher at gmail.com and we can work to get them on this show. Also, please join us on Instagram and Twitter at anunconventionalteacher and be a part of our growing movement to embrace the different. As I tell each and every one of my classes I teach at the end of our time together, vive como si fuera su último día. Live like it were your last day. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.